Hey there, lady. You're tuned into Wine and Gine, a lively woman's health podcast hosted by two licensed midwives, Kelly Pappas and Tiffany Alblinger. We're dragging every sister, mom, and best friend on our mission to make chatting about the female body and everything that comes along with it a normal and amusing thing. Grab a glass of wine with us while we flex our vagina expertise and dish on women's health topics each episode. Remember, you too can be a vagina expert because you have one. Okay, so 
What is the first question on our list? I think it's my favorite question. Well, it's pretty in-depth and pretty deep. Oh. I know. We're going to start with a hard-hitting question. Okay. What is your favorite wine? Aren't you so glad somebody <laughs> asked this? <laughs> it's like, okay, we're doing, we're doing like our job on our podcast. <laughs> we are the friendly neighborhood midwives that you would have a glass of wine with. Right. Which was the, like, that was was the, the essence yes. of it, right? Yes. We wanted to be really careful that we weren't like glorifying drinking right. or like women. That you like had to have a drink. Oh yeah, to live your life. Yeah, it's a that's a there's a really careful place there. But we both just love wine. We do, we do, we do. Um, my husband and I actually went uh, to Napa Valley on our honeymoon. Ooh. So we spent like eight days in wine country and fell in love with a vineyard there that's like been my favorite forever it's more expensive of course but like every so often on our anniversary and stuff we'll get it for each other but it's called frank family oh oh it is delish everything about it their sparkling is like the best that i've had but i don't really necessarily have a preference in terms of like red or white i'm not like depending on the day that i've had or like the temperature outside or like we're heading into spring and summer i like white wow during those times because it's served cold and yeah, it's like refreshing. refreshing. Yeah, that's awesome. It but is. I don't like white wine. Uh-huh. We're so drinking it right we're now. Drinking a little white wine right now. Fun fact: I don't think we shared this on the podcast, but I've told like seventeen people because I can't get over it. But we threw a launch party for our midwifery business, which is beautiful one midwifery. You can find us on Instagram. Hey. Or the internet, the World Wide Web. www.beautifulonemidwifery.com. Um, and so we, we threw ourselves a party in yes. February. I was in charge of the wine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Kelly, I'm going to get more than we need. Which is smart. You always, when you're planning a party, you want more. Yeah, you don't want to, you, you definitely want to have too much and not enough. Yes. Well, I got a lot. A lot. A lot. And I was under the impression that you can just return wine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in other states that you're listening in, you can. Not in California. Apparently, it's a law that I was informed of mid-February. You cannot return wine. Yeah. Post-purchase, you were informed of it. <laughs> yes. So, sad for us. We have all this wine that we bought with our company money. Yep. <laughs> now we it's have company to drink wine, it. which is why we're drinking it now. Yeah, and it's okay. It's great. It's yeah. going to get drunk for right. sure. Yeah. So we have a Riesling tonight, and it's pretty delicious. Yeah, it's good. I just like I like red wine the best. I understand that. Yeah, it's good. I feel like you can get more, like, flavors and stuff out of the red wine. Like, yeah. there's more of, like, a, I don't know, science behind red wine than white, it feels like. It's more of an experience yes, that's in your word. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. A whole mouth experience. Yeah. And you know all word. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I really know what that means, but. You do know what it means. <laughs> there also is a funny thing about what we're drinking it out of. There is. So, um, we had to order some lab supplies, and 
I ended up getting a couple different types of um, urine collection containers. Some were sterile, some were not. And so the non-sterile option are these little like paper cups that say specifically on them urine collection container. And Tiffany and I were like, that sounds like a perfectly normal thing to pour our white wine that looks a little yellow into our urine collection containers. Right. Here's yeah. the problem. Lab companies are the most wasteful industries so wasteful. on the planet. Mm-hmm. You ask for three things and they send you 30. Mm-hmm. So how many of these freaking cups do we have? I think we have like 50, potentially like 75. How many urine collections <laughs> are we going to do in a year? In a year. I mean, I can probably count them on one hand, right? Right. Yeah. Why do we have... Why? why? I don't know. Anyway... We're making use of them. They're paper. We can recycle them when we're done. Yep. But it is really fun. It is. Urine collection. You're so silly. Okay. Good questions, people. Very good, very good. Another hard-hitting question came in next. Please. Do you guys hang out in real life? (laughs) Because podcast world is not very real. Okay, so I think the person asking this question... Is like wondering what our personal relationship is like. Yes. Because like, we obviously have a professional relationship. We do this podcast together. We've announced that we have a midwifery business together. So we do a lot of, you know, work business. together. Yes. And, it, and most, of our, most of our interaction is business related. That's true. Yeah. But it's like done in such a friendly way. It but is. But it doesn't always feel like we're doing business when we're doing business. Right. I think we have a, I think we have a really friendship aspect of our relationship. Yes. Well, and that's how it started too. Right. Like we became friends. So Tiffany and I met like years ago and we kind of knew of each other more than knew each other and then started to getting started to get to know each other. Um, more so maybe a couple years ago and then, uh, you know, Things just sort of developed from there. Yeah. Well, we just we just ended up having so much in common mm-hmm. in all of these facets of our life, but we were both on the exact same trajectory to start practicing midwifery. Like, mm-hmm. that was coming together at the exact same time. And somehow, we both ended up having the exact same ideals for how that would get fleshed out. So it just, we didn't really have to try very hard. It just kind of, like, came together. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. uh, We do do have a goal of maintaining the friendship aspect in doing some things on a more regular basis that is not just business-related because it really we really do end up talking a lot about all these newly budding projects and we throw some personal stuff in there. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think the sweet thing that makes us interact um, as friends so frequently is that we both have a huge priority placed on our households Mm -hmm. and being primary care providers of our kids that they get to be friends and everything that we do 
outside of this specific work time has to include them. Yes. Because they're with us. So our kids get along so well. Like, so well. My daughter asks to hang out with your daughters. Like, almost daily. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. They hang out quite a bit. Yeah. And then we have our, we have our business meetings mostly at Kelly's house. Mm-hmm. And... I arrived here today to do some, like, real good work, and <laughs> we do had to take it's a break kind of because morbid. there's, like, a major meltdown yes. happening, and so it was like, yeah, I totally get it, because if we were at my house, that's exactly what would be happening, too, so For sure. we have a lot, there's a lot of intermingling that is just going to come up with being this intimately entwined, Yes, but... I did tell you recently that before we go on call again in mm-hmm. June, what do we want to do? We want to like really intentionally spend personal time together. Yes. We want to get away together. That's right. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, we have, you know, an area very close to us here in San Diego that is sort of like wine country. We could enjoy ourselves out there. But, I mean, we just have a ton of options. But we do want to, like, take a moment, especially before going back on call, to actually be together, kind of pamper ourselves a little bit, like, treat ourselves, and uh, just enjoy each other before that whole shift of going back on call happens in a few months. Yeah. So... Announcing it on the podcast episode right so now we do it. means we gotta do it. Yes, it's really easy for us as moms and as wives and women to shift our priorities around to include other people first. It's mm-hmm. just naturally what we do as caretakers, and so uh, this is also our way of encouraging you guys, yes, to take care of yourselves in some of those more intentional ways. Yes, call up your girlfriends right now. You just get after away the episode. Winery time. Yes. Or not. You know, we respect however you would like to spend your girl time. If it's in Southern California, please invite us. I know. Come on. What could be better than <laughs> wine and dine girl time? Oh. Hmm. Hey. Well, we have actual wine and dine. That's, That's true. Time. <laughs> but imagine like a wine and yeah. dine like retreat. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, should you enjoy so coming in season two? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. If you want to do that, let us know. We get enough enough people say yes, please. We will do it. Uh, If you want to coordinate it, (laughs) contact us. (laughs) We'll put you in charge. That's true. Yeah, we could totally put someone else in charge of a retreat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Check. Are you a self starter? (laughs) Do you love women? (laughs) Then this opportunity is for you. Do you work well with micromanaging? <laughs> we'll ask you a million times, how's it going? And then we'll kind of just sh- shoot you off to the side and just make all the reservations ourselves. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a joy? Okay. Next question. Next question. Okay, now we're getting into some actual guide. We got a, a bit of the wine in. Um, 
So this next one is, what is really a normal period? Mm-hmm. So we've talked in multiple episodes about menstruation and about the fact that there is technically a normal period. And I think a lot of people have heard over the years of like, what's normal for you, what's normal for you, and um, that how different those can be. So is there actually a normal that can sort of go across all women in terms of healthy, you know, no other issues involved kind of normal? Yes. Yes. There is a textbook period. Mm-hmm. And we are not proponents for textbook anything, mm-hmm. quite honestly, except for this. Yeah, I mean, I really think for the most part, almost everything else, we're like, well, yeah, and then there's variation, and then it's like, what? how do you feel about that? Whatever. Right. But absolutely, there is a normal period. And I think, unfortunately, the idea around periods is that they're like these terrible things, and you kind of never know, you might never know when they're going to show up, and they're super heavy, or whatever. Yeah. And... I guess we should just share the parameters of people about what we're talking about. What is, so, so we've already admitted that there's the concept of normal for you, Mm -hmm. which we're saying we don't agree with. Yep. What do we agree with? What is normal for everybody? There is a specific rhythm that our womanly bodies are meant to have. Yes. So there is, and you've probably heard of this, the whole 28 day cycle idea. Mm Mm-hmm. That's normal. Yes. So if you're having 15-day cycles, if you're having 45-day cycles, those things are not normal. They might be consistent for you, but that doesn't mean that they're normal. Yeah, if your body's messed up, it is going to try to maintain its messed upness. Yes. <laughs> Words of wisdom, not Tiffany <laughs> Because yeah. that's what our bodies do. We're, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're compensating living creatures. Yes. So we're going to do everything we can to try to normalize what is the what the dysfunction is inside the system of how else our body yes. works. So we're talking every twenty eight days. What's like what what kind of length should people be thinking about in terms of like duration of their period? The bleeding itself, yeah, should be three to five days. So there's plenty of people that we've talked to or who have messaged us or whatever who have said, oh, I bleed for like seven or eight days and that's just what I do. Yeah. 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 I used to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the cramping, mm-hmm. clotting, brown blood, those are all signs of other things going on. Yes. That is not normal. So again, might be common, but not normal. And so what causes these issues? I mean, a bunch of different things. Hormones in particular, like being off balance. Um, Stress, not sleeping, food that you're eating, toxins that are in your environment. All kinds of things. How you move. Moving, not moving. Yes. Like exercise wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can have something going on with another body system that triggers yes. down into your endocrine and reproductive system that doesn't seem related at all. Mm-hmm. 
and so you get your you get that element on track and all the other things kind of fall in line. Yeah. So that's called looking at the body from a holistic perspective and not isolating one thing like, oh, you have long cycles, let's put you on birth control. Yeah. Or like, oh, you have clots, just lay down and take some ibuprofen. Right. Or, right? So treating that one little symptom for that symptom yeah. rather than looking at everything as a whole. Yeah. One of the guy, one of the things that you guys have heard us say a lot is our experience with vaginal steaming. Mm-hmm. And so our recommendation is often beginning to tackle these issues with vaginal steaming first because it's very non-invasive, very effective, yep. easy, inexpensive, enjoyable, enjoyable. It's really quite <laughs> pleasant. Um, and so if you guys head back to that vaginal steaming episode, you're going to get a whole lot more information about it and we'll kind of leave it there for now. But we always invite our listeners to contact us with their specific issue going on and we'll do our best to point you in the right direction of the resource that's most appropriate for you. Boom. Great. On to the next. Let's hear it. Okay, next question is about birth. So we're midwives. We haven't really talked much about birth on any of our podcast episodes so far. Yeah. Um, And somebody asked us, how do you prevent vaginal tearing at birth? So. It's a great question. Because as midwives, I would say maybe 90% of clients that I have seen have wanted to talk about this before birth. It's a major concern. Yeah. How does something so large fit through something so small? Right. And so all they kind of envision is, oh my gosh, nothing's ever going to be the same. Right? Plus, their lovely friends and family members have given them so lovely, horrific yeah. accounts of their own births mm-hmm. in multiple ways. Yes. <laughs> so all they're envisioning is the worst. Yeah. Because yeah. what we do sometimes as women and we're guilty of this too, is we like to one-up. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. Oh, you, have you, you think let me tell your you. vagina's stinky? <laughs> Mine! <laughs> right? Like, we always are just... Yeah, that's true. We're always just trying to, like, be mm-hmm. the worst or be the best or be the most memorable. Yes. Uh, and so, so what do what do we tell our clients who are concerned about tearing your birth? Well, we can tell them multiple things because there are technically some things that you can do that will make you feel better sort of emotionally beforehand, but realistically, there's not a ton you can do. Um, Listening to your body during the birthing process is probably the number one, like, suggestion. Yes. If the pushing effort is directed by the sensations that the mother has during the time that she's pushing, that is what is going to make her least likely to tear. Versus a mom being told, let me count for you, and this is what you're going to be doing. Right. So, unfortunately, this includes women who have epidurals, which is in Mm -hmm. the 90% of women who birth in the U S and care providers who even women who do not have pain medication with birth end up giving directed pushing because Mm -hmm. that's 90% of their practice. Right. Um, and so women will be told to 
get on their backs, pull their legs back, mm-hmm. and push for 10-second increments yeah, three times in a row. And this could be super common to see and experience. Yes. But when you watch an unmedicated physiological birth unfold, which you can find on YouTube, if that's not something that you're getting invited Mm -hmm. to on a regular basis. (laughs) What? What's that like? You can, you can see a woman who gets, um, the signals from her own body to push her baby out. And usually that's what keeps the perineum as intact as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause it's slow and it's steady and it's not forceful. Yep. Sometimes babies come down in positions that it doesn't matter how yep. slow and steady mm-hmm. and something's going to happen. Something is going to make that Whether opening have, bigger. Yeah. Hands up near their heads or their heads in a wonky position or whatever else. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and and you had a physiological birth and you tore horrifically, that's valid. Yes. That happened. Absolutely. We're not saying there's anything you could have done about that. Mm-mm. Yeah, but in general, getting to the pushing phase and being able to listen is going to be the best. Yes. I don't recommend a perennial massage. Mm-mm. That's something that a lot of people will say to do to quiet the fear of the tearing for you. I think a lot of care providers are like, oh, I have an answer for the thing you're concerned about. Yeah, this will help sort of stretch the tissue here and prepare you all for birth. And maybe it does emotionally because you feel like you're doing everything that you can to help prevent that. Yeah. Maybe. But research-wise shows that it doesn't have an impact. No, not helpful. There's a lot of um, care providers, midwives included, who like to say, none of my clients tear Mm. ever. If somebody says that to you. I mean. Just be thoughtful. Yes. It's really unlikely. It's so unlikely. Especially with the first baby, you're bound to have some splitting of the tissue. It's never had to open that why right. before? So just because whether you're or not tear, it needs a whole uh, like suit, whether it needs to be sort of repaired is a different question. But usually right. there's there's a little something. something. So there's we talk about. Uh, I'm realizing this needs to be a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. There's degrees of tearing. Yes. And tearing a little bit does not impact your postpartum healing very much at mm-hmm. all. And that would be really normal to tear a little bit yes. in a birth. I think For we'll sure. end it there. Yeah. Add this to the list of future podcasts. For sure. Okay. But if you are worried, take a deep breath. Listen to your body. That's right. And go forth with your bad self. That's right. With your baby. Um, this is can be potentially somewhat related. Uh, this question is, is there anything you can do to help vaginal scar tissue? And yes... Yes, there is. Um, We were actually just talking about this the other day, but you, um, there's multiple things. One helpful thing can be what we were just talking about, vaginal steaming. So that can be a super, um, you know, beneficial way to help break up scar tissue in general. Mostly, I'm not sure if it's the herbs or if it's just the heat. Yeah. You know? I think both. I mean, yeah, I would assume, but 
I wonder if somebody was just over a hot pot. We've talked about that a few times before. Yeah. Okay. Well, because warmth brings circulation, which brings which the idea, yeah. Blood flow, which has cells that help repair tissue. Mm-hmm. So that certainly can be helpful. Another way that you can bring some heat to the area is with um, castor oil packs. So you can actually, you know, uh, put them on particular. I'm sure you could insert them, but I suppose if they're more um, external. external if the scar tissue is external. I'm sure you could probably somehow insert one of those packs. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. I think the, I think maybe the first step here is investigating the scar tissue yourself. Yes. Or yeah. with your partner's help. So this could be in the shower or with some lubrication so that everything is feeling mm-hmm. as slippery as possible. And that you can feel with your fingers... Where is the scar tissue? Where does it start? And if you need to use, like, a mirror or something, too, if you can actually visualize it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know if you have scar tissue or not, it's going to feel like a tightening underneath the skin or on the skin that's, um, it's kind of tough, like, leathery. Mm Mm-hmm. And... It feels different. You're in that whole area, and you're like, oh, what is this? This yes. feels Different than before. Mm-hmm. And so finding that, that place and being comfortable with where it is, I think is really important, because how will you know if what you're doing is helping or not? Yes. <laughs> if you don't have a good grip on where you start. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding, right, what your body is doing. Yes. And so a lot of women become aware of some scar tissue because sex is painful. Yeah, that's a big, big thing. Yeah, and you're like, oh, gosh, what's happening down yeah. here? Am I broken? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there's just this big, like, knot of tissue here. What is that? Mm-hmm. Google. Oh, hey, that looks like, oh, well, that must be a vaginal scar me. tissue. Yeah. Right. I think that's how most women end up figuring it out because mm-hmm. it's not talked about a lot in obstetric care. Right. Unfortunately. No. Because it is a thing that obviously happens. Yeah, it depends on how your yeah. body heals. For it sure. depends on how well your suture's held. It depends mm-hmm. on the way that the sutures were placed. It depends on if sutures were placed at all. It depends on a whole lot of so things. So many things. Yeah. Which none of it ends up being your fault. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. But there, again, there are things that you can do about it. Um, in particular, once you're bringing heat to the area, you can yourself sort of um, work digitally to help soften the area just with like your own fingers sort of massaging the area when it's nice and warm and that's the time, you know, that you're going to have the most blood flow and circulation to the area and just kind of soften it, like the most soft tissue that you can have there. Yeah. And you really will notice if you're diligent about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It breaks up under your fingertips. Yes. You can absolutely do something about it. Scar tissue can be remediated, so if you have that issue, there is hope. Yeah. And a whole if, lot of it. If you're dealing with it on your own and you don't feel like you're making the headway or you're confused about it, you can definitely contact your local midwife because most of us are really yes. good about kind of helping women heal postpartum, but you can also visit a pelvic floor therapist. Mm-hmm. You can even search for um, scar tissue remediation. There are people out there who specifically work to help women uh, 
heal from scar tissue, both vaginally and also like cesarean scar uh, tissue remediation, things like that. Yeah, and it's like it, it doesn't mean that somebody's going to get in your vagina. It means that they're going to give you tools yeah. to you know, kind of manage it and it can go everywhere from here's some education about how to help you with that all the way to like, there's some devices that actually Mm -hmm. help stimulate the scar tissue to heal. So there's so many things. Yes. To aid in this exact area. What's the next question? Well, our final question is another hard hitting one. What have you guys learned since starting the podcast? I'm so glad that someone was <laughs> thoughtful enough to ask this. Because they're like, clearly, a hundred things. things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think we're, we're pretty honest. Like, that we do research for each episode. We want to make sure that most of what for we're sure. sharing is... Most. <laughs> most of most. what we're sharing is accurate. Yes. Which we've had to have a few, like, addendums or, like, reactions. Yeah. Yes. If you follow us in our uh, Facebook group, we are We're happy to redact if we need Pretty to. clear there when we've made a mistake. Yes. Uh, but I think uh, we, I mean, Kelly and I had to talk about this a little bit before we recorded. <laughs> We're like, what did we learn? Like, where do you start? I know. There's a whole heck of a lot of things. Because there's, like, there's a lot of facts that we've picked up. Yeah, certainly. And if you're into trivia, like, meh, great, <laughs> you've picked up some facts, yes. but that's not the most, that's not the big takeaway. No. Like, so what would far. you say is, like, the big takeaway from this podcast so far? So far. So, season one, my big takeaway is that I have learned that women really want to talk about sex. hmm And I think, you know, you always kind of, like, uh, maybe think about that or, like, potentially assume or maybe you assume that they don't I don't know but not only like the number of listens to the episodes but our own wine and guide in person um events our wine and guide Facebook group our wine and guide Instagram it kind of almost always comes back to that yeah they just want more sex talk yeah sex talk <laughs> Which and is the name of our new podcast. <laughs> Why well, again? Sex talk. Sex talk. But there's a, there's a piece of that that we are like, we're listening to. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys want to listen okay. to more sex talk. And we hear you, Gainers. We're listening. We hear you. Okay. What's a, what's a, what's a, <laughs> there's a, there's also a part that we've learned just about having a podcast. <laughs> So, our idea, and I'm pretty sure we even spoke about it in the very first episode, was we're going to put this out there, women's health, but in like, you know, a very casual, conversational kind of way, like with your girlfriend, grabbing a glass of wine, talking about lady stuff. Um, But every so often, there's for sure going to be an episode that like your kids can listen to because it's going to be important and we're talking about, you know, just multi-generational issues of... Uh, understanding your cycle and all different kinds of things, right? None um, of your children no. should ever listen to any of our episodes. Turn it off. <laughs> Always. It's just like we, we can't. Have tried, we have. And honestly, we've tried, and it doesn't, it doesn't work. We 
which episode did we specifically like we really tried on an episode we even like brought it up a couple times in the episode of like bring your you know pre-adolescent children and bring your kids in um to the understanding your cycle episode yeah, Which sounds like a great one, right? We're because, sharing great yes. information that is completely pertinent yeah. to what they're about to experience. Which makes total sense. Bring them in. Somebody else can talk to them about it. And then you can start a conversation afterwards. It makes sense. We wanted to be helpful. <laughs> and then in the middle of the episode, I shared that my husband, his penis gets hot when I'm ovulating. I'm like, we cannot have that in children's ears. It's not allowed. So when I'm, when I click, you know, finish and we're done recording, Tiffany looks at me and was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, well, that's the power of editing, right? And y'all were none the wiser that we, uh, multiple times in the episode, we're like, and when you're listening with, to this with your children, um, I hope you didn't listen to that one with your kid. Yeah, we just couldn't have it. <laughs> So the other funny things that we've realized is that, um, like, we we have some certain <laughs> ways that we yeah. talk. <laughs> it's not enjoyable going back to edit things or um, just kind of re-listen. Listening to your own voice is not fun in general, but then no. you sort of listen to yourself. And you're like, man, I say like a lot mm. or I have like this certain thing that I always say every episode and I'm amazed that you listeners aren't like I'm just turning this off uh-huh. <laughs> we it, we are so annoying and we're sorry <laughs> that's what we have learned from having a podcast <laughs> we're annoying but we know it and we're and working so there's something on it lovable about that. yeah and so if you could just hang in there we promise the whole two. month we're off, we're going to do rigorous training on the way that we speak every single day, six hours or so of no ums, no ums, no likes, no, that could be a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> or generally speaking, in general, I don't know how many times like, we've said course. that. Of course we're talking generally. Like when I say, right. Right. Sorry. We appreciate you guys for hanging with us. You sure do. Mm -hmm. A part of hanging with us is not just on the podcast. (laughs) That's a great segue, I just (laughs) That's another thing we've learned doing a podcast. Transitions. We have got more information about these specific topics in our Instagram. We share most of our information in our stories because it's where we get to interact with you guys the most. But we also have that lovely little Facebook group where we have private discussions about these topics and we get to hear from you guys, but most importantly, you guys get to hear from each other. Yeah. And so that's a place to find us, especially when we're on this little bit of a break. Yes. Satiate um, yourself yes. in these places. Uh, if you have any questions about things that we have covered this this far season, this so far, so far, <laughs> go, go please email us. You can yeah. you can get to us at wineandguinepodcast at gmail dot com. And this is also an opportunity for if there's 
a podcast that you want to listen to again, or if you missed mm-hmm. one, or if you need to catch up on one, you've got a bit of now time here. Time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gainers. We will catch you for season two, beginning of June. Next week, we have a little fun, I don't know, not episode. No, we're calling it the partner-sode. Ooh. Partner-sode. So all of the things that you have been like, uh, somebody should tell my partner this. Mm-hmm. We we're gotcha. Gonna, we're going to wrap it up in a little bow for them to listen to for you. Mm-hmm. It's our present to you, yeah. technically. Don't worry, it's short. Yes. <laughs> That's the point. Okay. Bye. Bye. The sponsor of today's show is Whole Mother Co., a fun give back shop that includes you, the busy mama, in making an impact with your purchases. Your partnership raises money, promotes awareness, and supports the mother friendly causes you care about. Use code WINEANDGUIDE at wholemotherco.com to get $5 off your first order. Wow, Kelly, they made it all the way to the end. What did they win? Lady, you've won a priceless connection with your amazing body that you've been doing your fab life in. Our hope is we've gifted you with some information and perspective you can use. Sharing is caring, and our mission is to make these topics familiar to all women. We bet you can think of three people right now who will find this episode helpful. So be a pal and share it. Lastly, you won't want to miss a thing coming up in Wine and Guide, so subscribe to get all the tasty details directly to your ears. Have a great day, vagina experts!